0: Unfortunately, I don't know many women that are taught to negotiate. They're not taught to negotiate well. And because of that, we're not making any headway in closing the wage gap. Consider the fair warning. We talk fast, we move fast, we start fast. So if you're listening at 2XP, you may miss some contact, but you also F bomb. you're welcome. Hi, I'm Vanessa. And I'm Holland. You're listening to Ask Your Workwife, where every week we answer your questions about how to get more out of corporate America.
1: Hey, Workwives, this is Claudia from Dayton. I've got a salary question for you, and y'all have great advice. I've gone through the interview process with a company, and they've already done a background check, etc. Basically, I'm just waiting to hear an offer or if they went with someone else. I just received this email from the recruiter. It says, I'm reaching out to confirm your salary requirements as we move forward with the hiring process. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. How do I go about answering this the right way? We haven't discussed salary at all, but their job posting said 50 to 60. Would it price me out of the running if I said my range was 60 to 70K? Should I even respond to the number? Thanks for your help.
0: Questions around salary and negotiating, probably the number one question that everybody has. And it it seems to be the one that doesn't have any answers to it, or every answer is different, or every answer is tailored to your current situation. The real answer is this, a salary, is not a reflection of you. The way this question gets brought up by hiring managers, by HR, what are your salary requirements is false and I don't even want you to enter that conversation. What we want you to do is understand that salary is a reflection of the work the company is asking you to do. If the work they're asking you to do they think is worth 50 to 60k, great. If you're bringing more to the table, then you need to be paid accordingly.
1: Negotiating, I think, is a scary concept. I think not taking it personally really helps and realizing that this is about your life. So if you're going to do something, if you're going to build a different skill in your life, negotiating is really important for you and can pay dividends down the road for you. It may feel scary, but remember, it's about the
0: work. It's not about you.
1: And also remember, you do this all the time. I mean... Remember that time I asked for avocado toast and they didn't have any.
0: <laughs> so we asked them to make it. You were horrified that we were doing this, but I was like, whatever, we're doing it. This, I know they have avocados. I know they have fucking toast because they exist other places on the menu. So put them together and you got what you wanted and you were happy to pay for it. Absolutely. Yeah. So,
1: so we negotiated, we negotiated into some avocado toast.
0: This is what we're talking about here.
1: Right. And I also did this with my kid the other day. Yeah.
0: I was like, you have a child, you negotiate all the time.
1: <laughs> Things are negotiated on a daily basis. Um, <laughs> in this particular instance, it was a Sunday afternoon. We had two goals for the day. The first was to go to Ikea. I know, I know. Don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> and the second goal was to go to this really cool playground we saw down by NASA. It was on the beach. It's very cool. So except for the fact that Ikea and NASA are on completely opposite sides of town. Yeah. Was this a whole day activity? It was going to be the whole day. Was, the whole day was going to be Ikea and this park playground. Okay. That was the day. It's
0: going to be a lot of driving.
1: It was going to be a lot of driving. So beyond that fact, it was fine. Okay. The fa- The plan was intact and, and our expectations were set. It was going to be a bit of driving up to Ikea. It was going to be a bit more driving down to the park and then a good old drive home. So in the course of our Ikea sojourn, we bought some chocolate. It was actually really cute. It was shaped into puzzle pieces, and when you put the chocolate puzzle pieces together, it made a moose, <gasps> like a three dimensional moose that what? would sit on the table. I more, are, can we go to IKEA after this? Now, here is the thing. About, <laughs> as a sidebar, I don't know if like IKEA chocolate is like the place to get your chocolate.
0: Uh, it's fine. It's we call it candy in the like pompous chocolatier space. What you are describing is candy. Yeah, it, not
1: chocolate. It's not. So I wasn't great, <laughs> but it was cute. That's adorable. And we didn't know
0: how it tasted yet.
1: so anyway (laughs) we finished ikea we had this chocolate and we knew we had a good i don't know 45 minute drive down to the park what time of year was this july
0: oh god no that thing's gonna be chocolate milk within two seconds of walking out the door
1: i I know we were we were this clock started ticking from the time we left (laughs) the like air-conditioned confines of the ikea building
0: Mm -hmm, absolutely
1: so all of a sudden we had a choice to make and to me like I didn't care it this chocolate, it wasn't my chocolate, you know, it wasn't my playground. Like, but he had a choice to make and he had to decide what really mattered to him. Did he want to eat the chocolate in the parking lot in the 90 degree heat and That's then one go to the option. park? <laughs> yeah. Like, did he want to skip eating the chocolate, go to the park and then have a hot chocolate mess? Yeah.
0: There's no moose at that point. No moose. a puddle.
1: Right. Or did he want to like drop off the chocolate at home? And then go to the park, which would add a whole nother leg to our trip.
0: Yeah, no, your house isn't anywhere near that.
1: Exactly. So he had to make this decision. And what he ultimately decided that he wanted was he really wanted the chocolate not to melt. And he was willing to sacrifice the entire park outing in order to get the chocolate home, get it stored safely. And we ended up going to the pool instead.
0: Interesting.
1: What he wanted ultimately was the chocolate to be intact so he could put the mousse together. Mm -hmm. That's what he wanted. That was the most important thing.
0: So you're telling me that through this negotiation with your son, there was some understanding of what he really wanted. There was some information gathering. There was like a, okay, now we really have to make the decision. Let's execute. Interesting that you would put it that way, Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like we're, it's like there's an object lesson here somewhere.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but the point is like you do this all the time. You do it with the waiter. You do it with your kid. You do it with your
0: partner. Probably if you had one, I don't know what that's like. Me and the bunny. This is what we do. <laughs> Do you want to eat a carrot? I think you want to eat a carrot. Are you going to eat a carrot not in this room? Yeah, you are. Okay. (laughs) We're going to put the carrot over there.
1: (laughs) So let's learn this skill. Let's understand the paradigm under which you can operate confidently and professionally
0: Mm -hmm. so you can get more out of corporate America. And get what you want. This, more than any any other episode we do, is the one that's going to affect your bottom line every day. Every two weeks when you see that paycheck, we don't want you to regret that you left money on the table. There's a few things you need to know about how the system currently works and then there's a few things we're gonna teach you about how to fuck it up and get more money.
1: In general, there are three phases to any negotiation process. The first is some prep work, then there's a period of information gathering and then there's the actual negotiating. So again, there's some preparatory work that needs to be done, there's some information gathering and then comes the actual negotiating.
0: And we are gonna dive all the way into all of these.
1: As part of the prep work that you have to do before you enter a negotiation situation, three things. You need to know what you want. You need to understand the market value of your vertical. And you need to know your X factor. First thing in prep work, know what you want.
0: We've heard a lot about this like happiness threshold number, this like 775K. It's for a family, not a human being. Also in like 1980. Yeah. No one's dealing with those shoulder pads again, is what I'm saying, nor this number. So... That's cute that we still think this number is applicable to our lives. Turns out it's not.
1: We recommend thinking about what you want in terms of a range. So you should know what is the bottom of the range? What is the bare minimum you're willing to accept to live life? And then what is the top of the range? Like what would you really like? What, what what kind of money do you need to live that kind of life?
0: And and the reason we bring up this range is if what you really want is just maybe an extra couple hundred bucks a month to go out to a nice dinner with your family, it's going to affect your attitude towards the types of jobs you're looking for, to how aggressive you are in your negotiating, to how much like upskilling you do on the side so you can bring that in as as extra skills or as a negotiating piece. Like it it will affect that. If what you really want is let's call it a G-wagon, right? Then that will affect the types of jobs you're going for, your aggressiveness negotiating, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever your range is, it's totally acceptable. These principles apply across everything.
1: Knowing what you want also matters because it has bearing on the industry that you're in. And that brings us to understanding the market value of the vertical you're in.
0: Before you walk into any conversation about a job and a salary, you need to understand the market value of the posted job and the market value of the two or three above it in the vertical. That's what we're talking about here. You need to understand what the specialist versus the manager versus the senior manager versus the director is expected to do and then what they're being paid. The reason
1: you need to understand this is because in an interview situation, you're going to be getting information about what a job entails and you need to be able to match up that information with the market vertical. If you're interviewing for a specialist or an associate role, but they're asking you to do manager level tasks, you need to know that. You need to recognize those manager level tasks that they're asking you to do
0: for a specialist or an associate salary. Because this conversation is the beginning of an agreement, you're actually setting out the contract that you'll have with this company. And if you're agreeing to do things as an associate or a specialist that are actually manager level tasks, you need to know that because the company will not be forthcoming about it. Businesses will always be looking for the cheapest labor that can do the most. Your job is to, this sounds terrible, but to do the least amount of work for the most pay. And those things will always be at odds with each other. This is the American capitalist system. You don't like it, move. But like, that's the system we live in right now and that's the game we have to play.
1: The third thing you need to prepare for before walking into those interviews, those touch points with the company is knowing your X factor. Mm. We love the X factor because it can be the difference between 60k and 80k. It can be the difference between 40k and 70k. Vanessa and I have seen this.
0: Mm -hmm. You can be applying for an entry level position at 40k and walk away with 30k higher than that. I've seen it done. And it comes down to knowing your x-factor and knowing the value of your x-factor to the company that you're interviewing with.
1: Someone with an x-factor is bringing something special, interesting, different, unique, really valuable and needed to that company. And the way that that company shows value for that, for that x-factor is by giving you more money but they're only going to give it to you if you ask for it.
0: And if you know what it is, I I say this all the time, know your worth, demand it every time. That's what we're talking about here.
1: So Venice, what are some examples of an X factor? They
0: can be kind of anything. If if you're younger in your career, if you've taken specific classes that are maybe outside your major or outside the industry that you're in, that can be useful. For example, I took a brief foray into Asian studies um, in my college career. And as a result of that, I speak Chinese. So in one of the many jobs that I have had in my life, part of it was working with the team in China. And the reason I got an extra 15K out of that is because I spoke Chinese. And I worked kind of the swing shift between the US team and the China team. I was able to like clearly communicate in both English and Chinese between those two teams and no information was lost. So we were actually running 24 hour cycles and we cut our time to launch in half because of that ability of mine.
1: Amazing, yeah. And one of the ex I brought to the table uh, for a role of mine was process orientation as well, right? Organization process orientation. So um, the ability to write things down, document in a clear uh, way and then teach it to other people um, meant that I was qualified for another role that none of my colleagues were. Um, And that's that's really slingshot in my career. It's really been great.
0: Yeah, and anytime you have had experience that's retail or like customer like customer facing that's super useful in corporate America because you can pull that as like I've had to interface with multiple shareholders at once to be handling a retail situation to be enforcing company policy to be doing it under pressure on time under budget and any of those things definitely bring them out like especially I think for people who are shifting careers right now or shifting industries you're bringing a whole hell of a lot of experience to the table that that like you know (laughs) <laughs> bright eyed and bushy-tailed, twenty-something is not capable of bringing to the table. So bring that up. It might not be, it might not look applicable um, on on the surface, but it definitely is. And the value to any company of having someone who is further along in their career is astronomical.
1: So the prep work that needs to be done before walking into that negotiating situation is know what you want, know your range, understand the market value of the vertical, and know your X factor. With that information, you are prepared to start gathering information from the company.
0: A, lo- a lot of people think about interviews as I'm getting judged. My worth is in question. My what? There's, there's a lot of hangups around it. All it is is information gathering. You are gathering information about the company, period. They're also gathering information about you. That's fine. It's not time to put any moral judgment on it yet. It's not time to put any value on it yet. You're just gathering information. Most important being about the salary expectations and the job expectations. The job description that is posted online, plus whatever they see in the interview, is the beginning of an agreement that becomes the actual job. So while you're listening, make sure what you're hearing aligns in your head with what you know the salary ranges for all the jobs the verticals are. Are you interviewing for a specialist role and they're asking you to manage level tasks? You need to have that information readily available to you so you can identify it in a high-pressure situation, which is an interview. The best way to make sure you're understanding properly is to mirror and clarify. So you feed back to them the information they're giving you. What I'm hearing is you're needing a project management role. However, I'm also understanding that you would like some strategic planning. Is that the case? And they'll give you a yes or no. You don't make any decisions. You don't back yourself in a corner. You're just asking questions and gathering information.
1: That's the process of mirroring, clarifying. That's your information gathering.
0: Yep. And as and soon as you leave that interview, write it down somewhere. You're always going to forget it. It's a high pressure situation. It's a lot of emotions going on. You're probably in heels. Your hair's been done. Like it's just a wild, it's a wild situation. So write it the fuck down.
1: Beyond gathering information about the job that they're asking you to do, you're also gathering information about. You're watching for how they respond to you mentioning your X factor or your X factors.
0: Just sprinkle them throughout your interview and see which one lights them up. Because there's going to be one or two things that that company needs that they haven't told you. But if you listen and you watch carefully as soon as you say something and their eyes light up like Christmas morning, that means that whatever you just said is worth an infinite amount of money to that company. Or at least 20K. I mean, listen, <laughs> they still have a P&L. Um, but that's, that's why we call it an X factor. It's that thing that's unknowable and a little bit magical that is going to be a game changer. That's going to take you from a straight execution role or whatever you're applying to, to actually being indispensable in a company.
1: You want to make sure that whoever you're interviewing with understands that you actually bring something special unique different important to the table so that you can ask for more money because of your x-factor a little bit down the road when that offer letter comes once you've done all of that information gathering that brings you to the actual negotiation where numbers are discussed
0: the beginning phase of negotiating happens at a soft offer. So you'll, you'll know when you've gone from interviewing to negotiating when you get an offer call. It's, it, that's not the end-all be-all. It's usually just a, hey, we want to let you know. We're interested. We'd like to move into negotiating. We'd like to send you an offer. They'll say something non committal, But it's just basically signaling to you that we've finished interviewing. And now it's a little bit more of a formal arrangement. They're probably stopping interviewing other people. You've narrowed down your options to a couple offers that you might be getting. So the soft offer is kind of that first signal. Your real negotiating happens after the hard offer though, which is in a letter or an email.
1: When you're looking at a hard offer, it should include three elements. The salary number.
0: Yes, an actual number, zeros. With zeros. Dollar signs. (laughs) Uh,
1: So that salary number should have a title and it should have a start date. We also like it to have some elements of the job description in there. Yes. That's ideal. It doesn't always happen.
0: I wouldn't be too concerned if it doesn't have the job description. The course of your actual negotiating will include elements of the job description
1: as a negotiating move. After receiving the offer letter, you're looking at three things. Mm -hmm. You're looking at the job posting itself. What were the bullet points in the posting on LinkedIn or Glassdoor or the company page? What were the actual bullet points? Mm -hmm. Add to that. What did they say in the interview? What did you learn from your information gathering That is above and beyond that posting. And thirdly, this is where your X factor comes in. Mm -hmm.
0: We say, I love this offer at 60K for straight project management. From what I understand of our interview conversations, you're also expecting strategic planning, in which case I'd like to bump that up to 75K and see what they say. And here's a great example of negotiating with an X factor involved. I was accepting an entry-level position at a magazine publishing house because I was making a complete career shift, a complete industry change. However, because I wasn't new in my career, I wasn't just out of college, I didn't have just an English writing degree behind me, there were several things that I had done in my past that was was interesting to the publisher, one of which being my ability to go in, understand a process, change a process, train people, build processes that have built-in checks and balances that can maintain themselves. That was fascinating to him. So when I wrote back to him and I said, yep, I'm willing to take this entry-level writer position, but one of the things we talked about was my ability to do SOPs and to understand a process. Is that something you're interested in me doing for your division? And he said, yes. And I said, okay, then we're going to tack on another 15K to this salary. He said, great. Because that X factor is worth it to the company. Yeah. And in fact, I've moved on from that position Several years now. (laughs) And he just called me and said, Hey, I'd like you, I'd like to pay you as a freelancer to do some of these processes for us because no one has been able to pick up the ball since you left. It's pretty awesome. After you've replied to their initial offer with options, they will come back to you and they will pick an option. That's the goal. That's what we want them to do. That does two things for you. One, it sets the standard for all of your one-on-ones with your manager after that. So if your manager starts asking you to do things that are above and beyond your job description, you can say, okay. In the negotiation though, you agreed that I would only do these things and now you're asking me six months down the road to do something that you weren't willing to pay me for. So we need to discuss a money thing before I jump into the strategic role that you're asking me to all of a sudden. The second thing it does is it is it allows you to still negotiate. Like the negotiating is not done. You need to be asking for more. Ladies, we have a wage gap to close. <laughs> So at every intersection, be asking for more. You can ask for 2K more. You can ask for 3K more. You can ask for 5K more. Whatever it is, whatever they come back to you with. Let's say they came back with 75. Ask for 78. Call it a day.
1: Once you've settled on that salary, we still want to know how quickly you can get to the next number. So your question should be, how quickly do you think I can get to... 75, how quickly do you think I can get to 85, 105, 175?
0: You want to signal to them that the conversation's not over. This is going to be ongoing and put a timeline on it. Like, do you think it's possible to get to 75 by the end of the year? I did that once and they were like, yep. And we were at that number by the end of the year.
1: And then the other thing that you need to ask is when is our standard performance review and what do standard increases usually look like?
0: Those questions are also going to help you gauge how quickly your company is willing to move your salary up. That tells you a lot about the attitude of senior leadership, how much they value their company and their employees, and where, if they're willing to put their money where their mouth is. Because if, if you get an answer that says, we do, standard pay, we do standard reviews once a year and the increase is 2 to 3%, it's maybe not a red flag, it's a pink flag. If you ask for more
1: and they don't want to give you more cash... There are other ways to get more value.
0: You can ask for more vacation, more paid vacation. Um, this two-week standard thing is bullshit. So in fact, we just walked we just walked one of our clients through this and she got herself four weeks paid vacation. So there you go. Great job. Yeah, which is more than anyone else in the company. Number two, you can ask for more health benefits. You can ask for I, I know people in in the West who get free ski passes as part of their benefits package. And lastly, you can look into increasing employer match your 401k or into Roth IRA or something like that. Stocks, bonuses, kind of standard issue compensation packages. <laughs> and in fact, a really, if you don't know, or if this is your first time kind of entering into corporate America, you can ask. You can just say, hey, I'd like to know what other options I have available to me. What other benefits are available? Whatever, whatever. They will usually send you a PDF with all of it laid out. And then you can kind of pick and choose from there the hills you want to die on.
1: Perfect. By the time this back and forth has been completed you've agreed upon an actual job description you've agreed on what you will be doing for that company whether it does or does not include more or less than what was in the original job posting whether it does or does not include your x factor offering whether it does or does not include additional bonuses benefits stocks
0: ski passes ski passes <laughs> <laughs> but you do like you do need to know when to sign like i learned this in magazines you have to know when to send it to print it's never going to be perfect. It's not going to be all of what you want. Or if it is, maybe you didn't ask for enough. Correct. <laughs> right? So, but you have to know when to sign. Know when you've got a good offer. Sign the damn thing. Because there's a, an allowance of time for like what's acceptable in a negotiation. But if you get down to the nitpicky, I want 50 cents more this or 50 cents more that, you're going to annoy the fuck out of whoever you're negotiating with. And they, it'll just leave a slightly bad taste in your mouth or in their mouth or salary conversations in the future. So sign the thing.
1: Remember, as you're moving through this process, do not quit your current job until the ink is dry on your new offer. If you're one of the 12 million people quitting this year, get a new job first.
0: And I would even take a step further. You let no one at your current company know you're looking until the ink is fucking dry. Because the moment anything gets out about it, they could fire you that day. Most jobs are still at will. And then and then what? You're in scarcity mindset. You're going to take whatever offer comes to you first. And you don't have the ability to negotiate with clarity on what you want. You're going to take whatever comes at you. Because you suddenly have to pay the bills. The different conversation.
1: So prepare properly. Gather the information you need to. Come into that negotiating confidently. And know when to get it done.
0: This episode, this is the one that makes the most difference in a day-to-day living. It's the difference between a $300 couch and a handmade couch from Portugal. (laughs) This is what you want. This is how you live your life. Unfortunately, I don't know many women that are taught to negotiate. They're not taught to negotiate well. And because of that, we're not making any headway in closing the wage gap. The more knowledge you have about how to do this, how to do it well, and how to do it in a, a little bit new and surprising way, is going to single-handedly close that gap and make your life better day to day. We have tested every single one of these principles, and they absolutely work. And the best part is, like, none of this is wild or crazy or out of the norm for any man. I've sat across an interview table. Every single interview and negotiation I've approached like this, every time, the person on the other side says, it's so nice to talk to a human being who knows what they want every time. So that's, that's why this episode particularly is near and dear to my heart is this is the one that's going to make the biggest difference in your life. And I want you to embody every single one of these principles and then go act on them.
1: So tag us in your post where you negotiate
0: successfully. We want to see it.
1: question for Ask Your Work Wife? Record your question and email the recording to help at askyourworkwife.com. Include your name, your city if you want, and whatever context might be useful for us to know. And don't forget to start with, hey, work wives.
0: In your negotiation conversation, in your, negoc- in your negotiation, in this back and forth about your negotiation.
1: Those questions are also going to help you gauge your growth trajectory, your compensation trajectory, tra- your compensation trajectory. Welcome. <laughs> Too many syllables. <laughs> okay. Uh. <laughs>